Alright guys, this week I interview two old friends of mine, uh, Inez and Helen. They're both exercise physiologists and are very interested in training weightlifting. Um, and we have a really common, I guess, idea about how women can help improve their self-confidence in themselves um, and also how you can be more in love with your body and in love with the way you train. So this was a super fun podcast for me. I really, really enjoyed uh, making it. So big shout out to Inez and Helen. Thank you so much, girls. And guys, I hope you really get some great value out of this because there are some awesome truth bombs. And um, yeah, it was just an awesome podcast to, to do. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right. Welcome to the Strong Girls Talk podcast, ladies. So we're here to talk all things fitness, mindset and health practical to the women we train. My name's Elle and along with my sister Georgia and cousin Kayla, Our mission is to really empower you to be stronger and fitter, not only physically, but mentally as well, and ready for all that life throws at you. So as coaches of our own uh, gym, providing functional fitness for women, we not only coach our clients on how to do deadlifts, squats, or pull-ups, but we also want to help you on your journey of self-confidence and body love. So if you're looking to improve your life with awesome breakthroughs, advice on nutrition, training, and mindset specifically for women, you've come to the right place. Let's do it. Yeah. There's like um, this me. Oh, what is it from? It's from like Kevin Hart's comedy yeah. special, and yeah, the he's like the girlfriend like is looking in the pants for like a receipt or whatever, and she's like, something told me, something <laughs> told me to look in those pants, like, <laughs> deep down. <laughs> All right, cool. He's so funny. Yeah, he's good. I, I, <laughs> His first one's the best. Yeah, yeah. He's in like a black leather thing. Yep, yep. Yeah. all right all right guys so welcome to the strong girls talk podcast i'm here with helen yoon and inez vines and we are going through body confidence and self-love i think a little bit today um so i guess i've known both of these girls for quite a while um and i think what they're doing is really awesome in the fitness industry um, and just being really real and vulnerable um, with other women to help them kind of come over their um, body confidence issues and kind of promote body love. Um, but they're also really well-educated trainers um, and Ellen's, Helen, sorry, an EP, right? We're both. We're both oh, you both are. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> super, super knowledgeable there. Um, so I'm really excited to kind of get stuck into this podcast. Um, so ladies, say Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, what I wanted to do first, I guess, is maybe one at a time, just go through a little bit about your story, like how did you get to where you are today and um, how did you develop like the mindset that you have today to kind of um, get you to get you to where you are. Um, so yeah, maybe like Inez, if you can go first, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, yeah, how that story goes. <laughs> <laughs> so hi, my name's Inez. I'm trying to introduce myself. Um <laughs> So I have been training in the gym since I was like 12 or 13. My mom used to always go to the gym and I'd go with her occasionally. And so this is about like 10 years ago and women definitely didn't really go into the weights room that often. So I would go with my mom and I would just go on the treadmill and that was kind of the thing that was done. And then um, I went on exchange in year 10 and gained like a little bit of weight, um, came home and I was like, I needed to be skinny because I was like, no one's going to like me if I'm a little bit um, chubbier than I was. And at that time, I wasn't even that big, but I felt really big because I'd gained weight and I'd never before, like, thought about my body. And all of a sudden, I felt um, like I needed to, 
yeah, take care of my body, well, not take care, but I needed to change my body. So of course I went to the gym and I would run on the treadmill for an hour, which I don't even know how I did that because the thought of that now makes me like, <laughs> um, and yeah. And I think I just had this burning need to be skinnier so that I would be like more accepted. I'd be like, I really just wanted to be like more popular at school. And I just thought that the key to that was to be skinnier. And that was definitely like a big um, thing at school. Like all, a lot of the girls, it was very much like general culture, I guess, at school to want to lose weight and be skinnier and all that well, kind of thing. Why did you take me back? Yeah. Taking you back to high school days. Yeah. Do you remember like a certain point, um, like a certain point in your life where you looked in the mirror or you had something happen to you where you thought like it clicked? Like I can think back and remember when I was with my friend at rowing and there was like a mirror and we'd all look at each other in the mirror together and I just remember thinking I do not look like my friend like I do not have that type of mm. body and and I think that for me was when I mean it's probably like an accumulation of things but that's when I really went like oh my god I need to like uh strive to look that certain way because that's what now in hindsight society kind of said yeah. that I needed to do do you have like a moment like that or I don't like I I've thought about this a lot in kind of figuring out like where that turning point was but I don't I really don't have like a clear pinpoint moment where I was like oh my god I need to change my body I can just know that when I went on exchange and I gained a little bit of weight I came back and I just all of a sudden felt like I was uncool and the only way to be cooler I guess was to be skinnier and that was just kind of like a theme that ran along under like underpinned everything that I did as opposed to having like one yeah, yeah one turning moment. point. I don't really have a turning point, but I just know, yeah. And how long did that theme for you run for? Like, then what happened? Yeah, so um, all through, like, high school pretty much, and then a year outside of high school, I was still kind of training that way, and I felt, um, oh, like, I felt like I just needed to, like, be always burning as many calories as I could, and I never really got to a point where I was, like, satisfied with the amount of weight that I'd lose, and I'd still look at myself thinking, like, that wasn't enough, and eventually I just got really, really tired. And um, so a year outside of school, anyway, so a year outside of school, I did my PT certificates and I was still kind of like doing the like whole thing on the cardio machine all the time, trying to burn as many calories as I could. Um, but then when I started training other people, I realized that I wasn't just going to stand next to them as well and watch them running on the treadmill. And I started <laughs> investigating how I could train people in a way that would still get them results and um, actually be more engaging and or get them results that were going to be more beneficial like beneficial than just running and burning calories, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess when I started becoming a PT, I was a lot more surrounded by people that were strength training and I began mm -hmm. to understand that I didn't have to be smashing myself every single workout for it to have been a good workout. And, um, and also there was another way to actually train because before that I'd just been surrounded by like, you know, the gym where most females were just sent to the cardio set or like kind of <laughs> ushered, <laughs> ushered. <laughs> To the cardio room and then once I started working as a like as a trainer, I realized that I didn't have to be kind of confined to the cardio room. So you found weights basically. So then I found my beloved weights, yes. Yeah. And and tell us a little bit about what you how you train now. Um so now I train power like powerlifting style and I compete. Um I've done one competition, I'm doing another one in September. So awesome. probably gonna do another one at the end of the year. And I just yeah, finding that love for strength training and hitting numbers, like literally just changed my entire ethos like look on life because suddenly I wasn't just like running on empty all the time I now suddenly was able to hit um other goals that weren't so aesthetic yeah so aesthetic related and I began to kind of 
um, value my body for what it could do as opposed to just how it looked. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's still having, I could still have aesthetic goals and they were definitely supported by strength training, but also just having performance goals that, yeah, like I said, just valued what my body could do as well. Do you find performance goals like are much more helpful and more valuable to you than the aesthetic goals? Yeah, I think like performance goals are very intrinsically motivating as Mm -hmm. in like I can push myself much further with um, my strength goals because I can see the end inside a lot more. I think when you have an aesthetic goal, it's kind of, you can't even really see what you're looking for, but you're just striving for perfection. So there's never really like an end or like a satisfaction, at least with a performance goal. It's like you hit it and like, obviously you're going to set a new goal, but you really like defiantly kind of hit it yeah. and it's really satisfying it's very tangible yeah it's very tangible yeah, yeah. you can either lift that 90 kilos or you can't yeah <laughs> yeah and when you lift it it's good <laughs> it's, it's good it's good it's not it's like good. yeah I feel like whenever I was trying to lose weight all the time I'd get to like you know lose another kilo or whatever and I'd be like no still not enough I'm still not cool enough mm. I'm still not whatever all that kind of thing yeah, yeah. I suppose mm. it's so subjective what um I guess a good body looks like these days even within the fitness industry that it's very hard to measure it when it's so in the eye of other people. So I, what I see might of what's beautiful might be completely different to what you see. So you can't really measure it in any way. It's, mm. It really has to – your idea of what beauty is and really has to come from within. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. about myself. <laughs> what a great um, what a great story. Um, all right, so Helen, tell us a little bit about uh, I guess your story and um, yeah, how did you get into or how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, it's so interesting just sitting here with you guys first because like we all worked together early in the days, mm-hmm. five years ago or something. So it's cool to like be able to be in a place where we're really like happy with ourselves and mm. be able to chat like this. Oh, it's nice others. to come back and see. Um, yeah, how, how far we've come. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I started, like, dieting, I guess, and running a lot during high school. And I think it's been an underlying thing for me where where I, I would always mould myself to be accepted because I've obviously been born – I was born in Australia, but my background is Korean. And I just felt like at home I wasn't Korean enough and outside I wasn't Australian enough. And I was just like constantly changing myself because I was never like good enough for either. And so I think that then became a running thing for me until like when it got to high school and I thought, okay, I need to be, I need to look a certain way to be accepted, just like you guys as well. Um, Yeah. And then I guess I just started running and I would starve myself because I thought being beautiful was skinny. And, um, like, after high school, when I started getting into fitness, um, my girlfriend was like, you run all the time, you should, like, do personal training or something. And so that's when it sort of began, like, my journey in getting better because I stopped – well, I not really stopped. I think it's been a long process coming, but at the start I'd be, you know, running and focus on my looks and then now it's more – it's less of that and now I'm like focusing more on what I can do, what my body can do because I'm learning more about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was surrounded by like strong, beautiful girls who weren't stick skinny and I thought like my idea of beauty changed. Like mm-hmm. you, Nicole, Inez, like you mm-hmm. guys were like strong. Like when I first started at, at Crunch with you guys, I was – I couldn't do a push-up. <laughs> I could squat maybe 40 kilos, barely. 
but I could run for ages. Mm. And I don't, like, I'm not dissing running or anything, mm. but, like, I was just, like, punishing myself and starving myself just so that I could look a certain way. So do you feel like, or, like, I guess what you're trying to say is with running, it was running for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You true. weren't running to reach a goal or to feel better about yourself or, yeah. you know, to reach a milestone. It was literally because you thought it was the fastest way to get skinny um, and that's what you just had to do to do it. Yeah. 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 And, like, um, during high school, I had bulimia, so I was, like, throwing yeah. up my food mm-hmm. and, man, that was, like, that was so shit. <laughs> it's funny how many people um, I speak to that – or how many women – I don't know. I don't know about men, but I'm sure it's somewhere in there mm-hmm. – um, actually have bulimia and actually do it. It's, like, so casual, I feel, like, nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. just, like, casual bulimia. Yeah. It's obviously not casual when you're in it, um, but I guess when you get out of it, it, the way I would look at it is it was just, like, the accepted norm of – like social the social group I was in anyway yeah especially yeah. in high school I think mm-hmm. that's just such a thing like how can you eat the little like the least amount and if you can't then how do you get rid of it another way mm. it's either exercising yeah. or yeah and like yeah. that's such a like it's just such a terrible mindset and way of looking at how you should be treating your body like mm. your body like every cell in your body has a reason why it's there and everything, every muscle, like, for, like every little thing is, like, there's, it's there for a purpose. Like, we get, we have an immune system. Like, it's looking after us, and that's what we're doing to it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not sustainable. Like, you're not going to get far from it. And it's, I guess, I, I guess this sort of talk is very powerful because we need to let women know that you got to stop, um, I guess, punishing yourself. Mm-hmm. You should be embracing, like, what your body is doing for you. Mm-hmm. So mm. I guess, um, yeah, really looking after, like really looking at the reasons why you're doing the things you're doing, um, mm. I guess there's always like an underlying reason to why you feel like you need to punish yourself in that way and why you feel like you need to do those things. Um, for Yeah, so for me, I guess it's um, like I really felt that social pressure to look a certain way and I didn't... I did not fit the mold like I've always been pretty athletic and I've had broad shoulders and I've had big butt and hips and stuff like that and I always felt like I just was I always would be really uncomfortable in the clothes that I wore even though like I look back at photos I'm like it was fine like what was I why was I worried like it did not like it's not matter Yeah, yeah like you always like I felt like I always was uncomfortable I was always fidgeting I was I was like oh I need to pull my like dress down longer so people can't see my legs or whatever it was. Um, but I also felt like a huge need to like still be very social and out there and, and, and with people. So it was like a constant internal battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting. I looked at photos. We were looking at photos the other day from when I was like 16. And in every single photo, I look super uncomfortable. I, you can see it in my face. Like I'm not happy that the photo is being taken. And I just thought, oh, my God, it's just such an interesting reflection of where my mindset of that 16-year-old was at the time. And it was it was quite a in, great experience because I felt like, oh, my God, I'm so far removed from that person. And that's mm. amazing. Like I don't have those. Like I'll be in a photo. I don't mind if I, you know, look a certain way or whatever. Like my, I do the <laughs> this thing where it's always my <laughs> left one side. side. Yeah, yeah, it's always one side. side. <laughs> it's always one side in the photo. Like. 
if it's not like I'm um, I look I'm look, looking down away or something because I know the photos being taken. It's re- it was really really interesting wow. looking at these photos from when I was sixteen, insecure, like not mm. happy, not happy at all with my body, really upset about it. Like such an interesting experience. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, I wanted to ask with Helen what um, I guess like with you feeling that acceptance. So you said like um, you know you were at home, you weren't yeah. green enough, blah blah. Did you notice that filter into, like, other aspects of your life as well or mm. was it mainly, like, to do with um, body confidence or...? I think, like, just generally who I was as a person. Yeah, mm. it would filter out on everything. It's like, oh, I need to, like, look like X. Like, uh, I, I used to always have, like, blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wanting to be, like, white. Oh, not white. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Caucasian. <laughs> I should say like Caucasian or Aussie. It's like you know, it's like that's beautiful. That's what's in the media, like the mm. long, like blonde hair, blue eyes, big eyes, like mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And yeah, so not just looks, but the way that I would carry myself, you know, mm. the way that I speak, you know, how confident I was, and you know, it's like yeah. So it would be like I'd be like, oh, I'm not confident enough. I'm too quiet, or mm. I'm too loud. Like I'm just not. And you know, you just have this like always trying to mold yourself to like be accepted until one day I was like like fuck that <laughs> no, yeah. I can swear on this one yeah, like, you gotta like you gotta think for yourself you gotta come to a point where you gotta be like this is like the person I am and you just have to think for yourself and live accordingly yeah and I think that's mm. a really valid point and um I think it's really hard for a lot of people to kind of know who that person is without, um, I guess, external pressures pushing on you to be, like, a certain way. Um, Like, a good example was uh, when I started CrossFit, like, I gained a lot of muscle and I had, like, a lot of comments from people being like, oh, you sure you want to continue doing that because you're getting quite muscly, like, your shoulders are getting bigger, like, your back's, like, getting bigger, getting six-pack, you know, da-da-da-da. And I really had to decide uh, whether I was going to let those comments and that pressure make me stop doing something that I really enjoyed um and obviously I didn't let that impact me and I kept training and here we are now but um I remember quite vividly having to really like you know uh, consciously decide like no this is what I love this is what I want to do and this is what I want to keep doing because I just genuinely really really enjoy it and not kind of I guess crack under that pressure that people were saying things about it so Um, I guess were there any experiences where you had where it was like, oh, that's like, um, I don't want to be that person or that person, people, I don't care anymore what people think about um, me and that's what I'm going to do? I think it's more of like a transition. It's been a a long transition Mm -hmm. where, because you'll always like be like, yeah, this is, I'm so, like, I'm so great and confident and you don't go through phases where you're like, oh, actually, so I'm (laughs) yourself. But uh, no, that's a good point. Um, like, you got to understand that, you know, beauty is socially constructed, that mm-hmm. it's what the masses accept to be beautiful, that everyone will sort of latch on and catch on. Um, and just understanding that, it's like you're letting other people create beauty for you. You're mm-hmm. letting other people, like, um, let, make you feel the way you feel. It's like at some point you need to take responsibility of that mm-hmm. and think for yourself and create beauty for yourself and create 
um, whatever it is that makes you feel good and like you need to stick by it. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can like like you said, other people are like like trying to you know give them give you their idea and two cents about the way that you look and whatever it is that you're doing with your life. But you were like like you, you stood up and you were like, no, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do and regardless. And I guess that you've redefined beauty for yourself and you've redefined um, health and fitness and confidence for yourself. And I think everyone's a little bit different. And for you, it was it was CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, Nez and I more towards like strength training and powerlifting, but the concept still remains the same. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as well, like um, what you were saying before, so beauty is, I guess, constructed by what society thinks um, at the time is appropriate. Yeah. So um, I think I have like a few good examples of that. Um, there are some tribes in the African regions where um, to be married you need to be like a certain weight and that weight is a lot heavier. So what they'll do is they'll force feed little girls goat's milk wow. and goat's fat and stuff like that to um, help them gain weight basically so that they are big enough to be in marriages. Wow. Um, and that's just, I guess, so far removed from Western society yeah. nowadays because we have, I guess, this idea of like heroin chic or at least it was in the 90s. Um, which is also really messed up. It's the idea, I guess, that um, models in the 90s were doing lots of heroin, so they were really small, so that they perpetuated this idea that you oh need God. to be super skinny yeah. um, <laughs> to be on the runway, um, which we'd probably make a podcast out in itself and how wrong that is. Mm. Um, uh, Elizabethan but, times. Yeah, and they were much, obviously, larger. Uh, larger. And also the other one would be, Obviously, I feel like in Australia, being tanned is a very big thing. Like, I've definitely been that person that goes to the beach just to get a tan and not just to, like, enjoy myself at the beach or being out in the sun or whatever. Um, But it is quite prevalent in um, Australia, but versus maybe an Asian culture where they do not want to be tanned at all. Like, they think it's much more beautiful to be as fair as you can, fair as Snow White. So um, I guess they're, like, examples of how society how far how society will latch onto an idea of beauty and then because it gets perpetuated or made fashionable i guess more people will um try and obtain it yeah um but that doesn't necessarily mean that you should i guess Mm. is was one of the big points that i would like to um i guess suggest um because like not everyone's body is gonna be what the beauty standard is at the time. Like, it's just not realistic for many people to be, like, heroin chic or, you know, um, that type of weight. Like, um, you know, you have to, I guess, you know, accept and love what you've got and, um, you know, just I think for me being the best that I could possibly be in certain areas of my Mm. life, so whether it's business, relationships, um, health and fitness, um, financial freedom, all that kind of stuff, like that really is way more important than kind of chasing a certain ideal of beauty for me. Yeah. yeah. And I think you, at the end of the day, you will never be able to please everyone anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you're constantly trying to like change your exterior to, like you said, how I mold to what other people think is beautiful, you will like eternally be dissatisfied because it, mm-hmm. you will never be able to like please everyone. And like, you know, obviously, mm-hmm you want to look a certain way so that you're accepted by people, but 
my family, for for instance, will say to me like, oh, you're looking quite beefy because like, yes, I do powerlifting and yes, I've gained muscle. But if I express to them like how much satisfaction I get from this and how much it has actually done for me, even though they may say that I look a certain way that they didn't think would be ideal for me, I can tell them how like satisfying and how good for me powerlifting is and they will accept that for me. So even though initially like you may not be accepted by those who you really care about, you just have to be confident and like Helen said, stick with it, stick to your guns and show them how much it actually means to you and that you don't want to be like looking a way that they expect you to and they need to like kind of manage other people's expectations of you and stick to your guns and people will really respect that as well. Yeah, I think people, I think that's true. I think people do really respect, um, I guess like not everyone's going to understand it and that's fine. Like um, it is what it is. Like some people just will never accept that women can have muscles or whatever it is, like whatever the beauty standard is. Um, but you know, if you really believe in it, then it's, it's probably mm. worth fighting for. It's probably worth having some integrity over and, and pushing yeah. for it. Cause at the end of the day, it probably make you happier as well. Exactly. And I think, um, like you don't, I don't know. I don't want to say you shouldn't be friends with those people or whatever. Like you probably <laughs> Come out! Come out! Yes. yes. <laughs> you probably don't want, like if they don't, they, they're not aligning with your values. So why do you want to spend time or pour energy into people who yeah. don't appreciate the same things that you want to as yeah. well? Or at least, I guess, um, if they don't uh, accept it, um, have that conversation with them and mm. say, like, if you still want to remain friends, say, look, I really, like, I whatever your opinion is, it's your opinion, but I don't want to hear any criticisms or I don't want to hear anything about what you think and you have your friendship based on what any whatever what other, other aspects of your friendship you have it on. So I guess, like, everyone will have, like, a friendship based on, like, maybe mutual friendship based on the fact that we all do fitness and we all yeah. uh, work together and stuff like that. Um, you might have book friend buddies, you might have work <laughs> buddies, you know, whatever whatever that social group is, like you can agree on that. But you can have different interests. Um, you just have to make sure that I guess they're not going to put you down about it because that's not fun either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think just kind of allowing like other people to have their own interests as well and not expecting everyone to like think and act the same way that you do mm. and just kind of like knowing that you'll learn from them still but you are still allowed to have your own passion and yeah yeah well maybe that leads me into my I guess my next question which would be um like what is it about the training that you do that makes you feel confident and what would you suggest to women who like aren't really sure about that type of training or what type of training they should be doing to kind of build that confidence so I think powerlifting for me, I used to go into the gym because I um, wanted to be a different version of myself, whereas powerlifting enables me to be the best version of myself, and that in itself like makes me feel way more confident. Like I never thought I would be able to go into the gym and train in just a sports bra and leggings. Like that, in for me, has been one of the biggest things that powerlifting has given to me because it has yeah. It, instead of me running on the treadmill trying to like get rid of my body it's just showing my body like how much of a potential it has and I'm able to push towards that potential like every single time I train I think um it can be really scary leaping from like if you are training like running outside or doing lots of cardio it can be really scary leaping towards like strength training because it is a very different feeling for sure but I think um I think like acting out of fear all the time and just like sticking to what you're comfortable with isn't going to a like let you change and b you're not going to get you're not going to get anywhere so um yeah i think if you're avoiding something just 
because you're scared of it, that's not enough of a reason. And I think um, doing something that actually shows your body its capabilities is going to be much more satisfying long-term than potentially what you're doing currently. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. What about you, Helen? I think um, I think if, if they're, you know, contemplating, if they haven't done much exercise before, like we all start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So whether it is yoga, whether it is running or walking, if, these, if, if I'm doing like complete beginners, it's like just get moving because action will then potentiate more action. And once you've like done the running bit you've gotten better you might want to transition to other areas but you'll definitely see a lot more success when there's a plan mm-hmm. and if you're on a plan whether it is a running program lifting weights getting strong program crossfit program you're gonna see the results because it's planned out for you if you're just going in doing things on the whim and it's random um chances are you're gonna get bored because you know you're not you're just sort of going in like oh is that free oh it's not like, I'm going to do something else. It's like you don't ha- give yourself a chance to progress what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be a plan. That's just logic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Like, having going to the gym and just, like, aimlessly wandering around thinking, like, okay, well, this is free. And, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this inner adopter fly machine because that's going to that's gonna give me <laughs> okay, a thigh gap. Good. <laughs> won't give me that no. thigh gap but they're pretty good but yeah but like anyway adapter. just thinking like just training like um like tuning specific areas or whatever and doing that for like a couple of weeks and then getting frustrated that it's not working and then being like well my only option is cardio it's like well you've not really like given your body the chance to follow like a structured program yet to actually see the results and I think um yeah I think you've got to really take a look at what you're doing now and imagine like can you actually do this for the next you know, year, five years, ten years, like what are you doing now that's going to be really beneficial for you in the long term? I yeah. think so many of us get really, or like when you first start your fitness journey, you get really caught up in like, what am I going to look like in the next like 12 weeks? Like, am I going to be skinny? Am I going to be this? But I think you also need to look at like the long term as well and it, it, yeah, and kind of think about how your training now is going to benefit you in a year and where you want to be in a, in a year or five years as well. That's mm. a really good point because there's a lot of quick fixes and People don't want to, like, it doesn't sell when people get told it's, like, you need to take your time. This is a 20-year program, guys. Yeah, <laughs> that won't sell. Like, of, of course, like, bikini body programs, 16-week programs, skinny me tees, they're going to sell because it's a quick fix. But you got to understand that whatever's going to be quick, whatever's a quick fix, it's not sustainable. And like you said, it's, like, you have to think long-term. Like, you're going to be alive for the next X amount of years. Yeah. It's like not one program and not one workout is going to get you there. So it's like get on a plan. Yeah. yeah. And I think the key point with that is that it's a, a like a process. It's um, And it's about enjoying that process as well. Mm. So, you know, we can all see ourselves doing the same thing or similar things or variations of that for the next five, ten years at least, I reckon, um, if not longer. And that's because we understand the process and we understand that things take time to cultivate and we know that, you know, four to six weeks in the year we're going to be on holiday mm. and, you know, um, all this kind of stuff. So um, we know that although we have goals, like enjoying that process and being present every day in that process is really, really important. Mm. Um, and having that longevity of the program is crucial to kind of like the success of and also like why we've been training this way for so long I think you know it's by no accident that you do the same type of training for 
years and years. And whether that is, I guess, like different types of walks or yoga or strength training or CrossFit or whatever it is, like I think you really have to find that area of training which is something that you genuinely enjoy and that you can see progress and have that process of continuation throughout the, the I guess, like your lifetime. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention that like, even though you may enjoy the process, like there is definitely going to be times where you were like, fuck this, I don't want to go to the gym mm. for sure. But I think that's why you do have to think long term and you do have to have kind of longer term goals because you can know why you're doing each session or what each session is going to bring you and yeah, that kind of thing. I like, don't think just because you have a plan, you're never going <laughs> to feel unmotivated or you're like going to love every session. Like, yeah. Yeah, mm. I, I totally agree. And I think, um, I would say, like, with those um, bikini body 21-day fix or skinny me tees and stuff like that, um, I guess uh, what's the what, – what goes up must come down or whatever? Like, the quicker yeah. the quicker something happens, so the quicker it's probably going to slingshot yeah. back in your face. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes they're a great gateway to things. Like, if you do um, – you know, 21 day boot camp or something, maybe it's a good gateway to like kind of get you into it. Yeah, but yeah. you definitely need to find like a, a better purpose than just like, I need the bikini body or, um, oh shit, I have a wedding, I need to lose five kilos in three weeks. Like, yeah. there's got to be a bigger why than just that like external pull. Yeah. Um, of, you know, oh, society tells me I need to do this, so I better, I better do it now. Yeah. And I think a lot of people get stressed. They're like, oh, what if I don't have a why? And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, everyone has a reason to why they would exercise. They're just too scared to admit it or they think it's not a good enough reason or whatever. Like, if, if you are like, oh, but I, what if I do just want to have a bikini body? And it's like, no, like, you want to, like, you don't just want to look good in your body, you want to feel good in your body. So, like, dig a little bit deeper and give yourself that time to kind of reflect and really like figure out why you want to do, why you want to exercise, why you go to the gym and why you want to feel the way that you want to feel as well. I guess like uh, with that kind of probing, the best thing to do like is get someone to keep asking you, oh, well, why do you want to do that? Mm. So if I said, like, oh, well, I just want a bikini body. It's like, well, why do you want a bikini body? Oh, so I can look good for summer, but why do you want to do that? Yeah. And then things start to unravel a little bit because you start thinking, well, why do I want to look good for summer? Like, why is that important to me? Mm. Oh, because there's a cute guy that I need to look for? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, or, you know, because I saw a photo of a girl that's more popular than me and she looks yeah. amazing. I feel like I need to be, I need to get a bikini body so I can amount to something like that. Well, why do you want to do that? oh, shit, well, now there's another question that you have to oh, answer. And, side, yeah, yeah that, I think that definitely gets you a little bit deeper and a little bit closer to, like, the real reason that you want to get that bikini body and maybe mm. that's not really a good enough reason to do yeah. a bikini body challenge. Like, maybe you need something a bit more tangible, like, okay, like, I do actually want to feel good in my body. Like, walking upstairs is a little bit hard for me right now and that's yeah. kind of shit and, you know, for my health and my longevity, like, maybe I should look at getting yeah. uh, getting some help and figuring out how I can make that easier. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's really – I think it's good what you say, like, getting – it's a bit of a gateway, like, people see results quickly in the first couple of weeks but you have to make sure you've got a follow-up plan from that. Like, maybe you would do, like, a month challenge or whatever that gets you kick-started, but make sure that you do have a plan long-term of what you're going to do because it can be really um, motivating if you get results really quickly, but then just make sure that you have a plan, like, longer-term that follows up after that yeah. as well. Mm. I often find, like, you know, if you start training a certain way, like, and you really enjoy it, like, it's it'd be easier to 
keep moving through it and mm. um, I guess just making sure that you as you're like learning things really take on that process and really like try in the classes to understand like what's the point of doing this type of workout what's the point of doing a squat what's the point of doing burpees like because it is as much as people go well there's no point in doing burpees there is a point yeah. <laughs> you know they're not just for fun <laughs> um as most people know how much fun they are but um so I think that also helps like having that knowledge like obviously we're very interested in it because we're coaches and trainers and things like that but um, I think it's very valuable for the everyday person to like ask those questions uh, to trainers and find out like well what's the point of being able to do this pull up or what's the point of you know structuring the workout like this like what does that get me mm. um you know that can be quite interesting for you as well for sure yeah and that's what yeah me and Helen spoke about um, before like knowing with powerlifting it's really good because you know why you are doing that like that lift that day and that weight that day and you can see the plan what you're going to be able if you keep lifting with this like increment every week you know where you're going to finish at and I think that's really helpful to know each session why you're doing that weight and why you're doing that accessory or whatever yeah, yeah. like take responsibility of why you're putting your body through what you're doing Mm. whatever it is going through mm. yeah. yeah I mean especially on you know some days because you do feel tired you do feel sore like you know it is not just a walk in the park especially if you're doing the type of training that you know we're used to um you know we get tired we get sore but at the end of the day like being able to kind of know okay well I've got to do x y and z to get to c or whatever it's much or to get to z <laughs> a, B, C to get to D, whatever. Um, if I follow this process, like I've got to have a bit of faith that, you know, it's going to get me there. And once you get into the cycle where you know doing like a strength cycle or doing like a aerobic cycle or whatever, endurance cycle is going to get you to where you want to be, um, it's much easier to kind of just follow that process and make it a habit, I think. Yeah, that's right. you got to – habit is very important. So important. Want to talk about habits? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> well, what would you – so um, I guess like as a trainer, what would you say is the most important – like uh, maybe like something that you can – people can take away about habits and I guess how they impact um, their training and health, let's say. All right. So what you do on a day-to-day basis, obviously your habits, they reflect your character, right? Like – we know Ellie is this kind of person because of the things that you do on a day-to-day basis. And your character will, will ultimately build your destiny, like character's destiny. So it's like if you're wanting to be like this version of yourself, your habits are like the milestones to getting there. Like that's like... Yeah, very important for people to understand. So one thing I always think about is um, people, I guess, see like success or failure as like a one-time event. So mm. um, it's like, oh, you made that goal, like you succeeded. Or, oh, I, I hit that, um, I didn't hit that goal by the time frame that I wanted, I failed. But it's actually an accumulation of little successes every single day all the way through to that point which you actually have that big success moment where you go, oh, I succeeded, mm. that make that success. And all – and um, on the flip side, it's always you maybe not doing that habit or mm. failing at that habit um, every single day, which leads to the ultimate realisation that, oh, should I fail what I set out to do? Um, 
so like you said, uh, say your goal is to be able to do a pull-up. I guess the habits that you would need to implement would be uh, maybe you need to get a little, like maybe you want to get a little bit leaner so you can get to that goal because obviously it's easy if you have a little bit less mouth on you. <laughs> maybe it's not the best example, but let's go with it. Um, uh, you also need to make sure that you're doing your pull-up program. So it's three days a week of accessories um, and uh, shoulder and back building, uh, core building um exercises plus you should be you know employing like a general exercise program to make sure that you know your, your strength's built up um so are you for example every single day implementing the fact that you're having like a nutritious breakfast a nutritious lunch and a nutritious dinner are you always are you every second day implementing that pull-up program and all these little habits that you implement are they going to lead to the success of you getting that pull-up or not mm. yeah i think yeah, that's a really good example. Like set yourself up for success and put yourself in positions where it's going to be easiest for you to get to your goal. For example, if you want to be able to, to do a pull-up and you get to the end of work every day and you're like, fuck this, I don't want to go to the gym, then something about your habits needs to change. You need to get up first thing in the morning and get the gym session done out of the way in the morning. And that's going to set you up for success to get to that goal a lot easier. Yeah. Mm. I think just, yeah. This might be a bit raw, but like this is how, how I got out of like purging my food it's like mm. I had to put myself in situations where I wouldn't do it because it. it's like all right well then don't buy all this like junk because like, I got to a point where this is really bad I got to a point where I knew exactly what to eat in what order for it to come out easily like it was yeah, yeah. and like because I knew I knew what to buy what to what foods what like yeah so it's like mm. I stopped buying those foods it's like if you don't want to be doing this anymore or like, I'm talking about, about the flip mm. side. It's like I had to make sure I wasn't doing the same habits, same actions that mm. would lead me there. So with uh, I know with habits there's, uh, like, a trigger for the habit. Then mm. there's the habit loop, so where, like, whatever the habit is. And then yeah. there's, like, a reward system. So, uh, or like, and this is for pretty much uh, everything, I guess. Um, so everything has a trigger, everything has a loop, and everything has a reward. Um, so for example, the trigger is like buying the foods, the habit is going and purging, and then the reward is, oh, cool, I've done that. Like that makes me feel good because I know that I haven't eaten that food yeah. um, psychologically. So getting rid of that trigger for you was the best thing you could do because then you didn't have the that whole, lo- habit, the, the whole loop. habit loop yeah. got cut off. That's right. So, um, for example, if you know that you always drive past, a, like, for example, a service station and you always park in there and you go grab your 3 p.m. candy Pick bar or whatever, yeah. <laughs> drive a different route home yeah. because you won't, ha- that, you won't have that trigger anymore. Yeah. Small things like that can really help improve your habits. But you have to be able to, like, unpack where that habit's starting, what the habit loop is, yeah. what the trigger is, yeah. um, and also what the reward is. And generally they say you can keep the I think sometimes you can keep the trigger and change the loop yeah um as long as it's got a reward um but if you want to get rid of the habit entirely I'd probably get rid of the trigger yeah I think like some habits you can like change a bit Mm. so that they can be more beneficial for you like for example I don't know how you could change that habit to benefit you but for example like um if you're someone that does binge eat maybe not purging but what I do with my clients is I say, if you're someone that gets home every day and you just look in the cupboard and you're constantly searching for something, like replace that habit with something mm-hmm. else. Like it's already a habit. Instead of just going to the cupboard and eating mindlessly, sit down, 
read a magazine and have a tea and that's your new habit instead mm. of just going home and eating whatever's yeah. on the yeah. in the fridge. Yeah. So obviously I guess some like your service station is avoidable but maybe like going home isn't like yes. you always have to go home. <laughs> <laughs> your so, home is the service station. Like, <laughs> then you're really screwed. <laughs> so I guess finding a different habit for that is you know, or a different, uh, so it's going to be the same trigger, but finding yes. a different habit loops probably key exactly. for that one. Yeah. Mm, good yeah. point, girls. And it works the flip side as well. Like if you want to, say you do everything, something every morning, like for example, I um, get a coffee every morning and I want to start logging my food more so I would track it better. So every morning when I get a coffee, I'll track my food and that makes that habit so much easier to like start because I attach it to something I'm already do, and so I'm going to be much more successful in my goal of logging my food every day. Yeah, mm. cool. Awesome. All right, well, why don't, like, what I would like to do just to wrap up is to, for you guys to just give some, like, maybe one thing for uh, women, um, something that you can offer them to help them in terms of their lifestyle, nutrition, training, movement, maybe, like, um, you know, something that you think uh, will help them kind of in all aspects, like a piece of, piece of golden wisdom or whatever. <laughs> um, okay, I have... Well, I've got like two, but one's like just a short one and then one's a bit more of a long one. The first one is just try and get enough. Don't try actually get enough sleep because <laughs> oh, if you, if you have had enough, if, okay, for example, if I don't sleep enough, I feel sad. I'm demotivated. I'm anxious. I just can't think properly and everything becomes really hard. So if I'm you can bitch. just, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I get just, I'm like tan, tantrum city. So if you can just get enough sleep, everything will be like so much easier and I don't just mean like have 10 hours sleep on Saturday like and then sleeping on Sunday like I mean consistently every single night getting between seven to nine hours of sleep and your whole life will be changed um then my my second one which is more like general related is um just try and be more in the moment like stop trying to rush through everything stop trying to get results as quickly as you can like just stop and be in the moment and um kind of figure out what you really want and what's really making you feel good and stop just trying to go from like one thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next mm. thing like just figure out what is I would actually argue that people that are the most consistent are probably the most happiest yeah I know yeah. that's like a crazy bold statement but <laughs> I, I really do feel that like some of the people that I know that are most consistent with things are probably the most fulfilled and yeah yeah the I most... think that would also stem from the fact that they're grounded in their values, mm. which is what I would Which say. is why they're doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. What which, they like. is, which is why I would suggest as well for girls or to anyone is to really sit and think about what your values are. Mm. Um, because when you align your life, your habits, your day-to-day actions to your values, you'll find a lot of happiness and success and results. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. 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 Whether it's health, looking after yourself, family, I know, like, that's one I lack. Like, I never see my family because I've moved out to Whoop Whoop. But, <laughs> like, because I'm not doing anything about it, it makes me feel, like, it, a little bit unhappy. You, up a little you know bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, totally. know what you prioritise in life and align your day-to-day actions. Mm. And your, yeah. Well, they say, like, usually you'll know by, like, what's on your phone or, like, what is in your room. Like, yeah. it's pretty – it'll be pretty, like um, – I where your money is going as yeah, well. Yeah, where your money is going to be like, going as well. Like, what are you spending your money on? Yeah. Like, yeah. people will, like, you know, spend money on, I don't know. Like, I know entertainment's important, but, like, you know, like, I used to spend 100 or so dollars on a concert, but then it's, like, when it comes to, I don't know, 
maybe a gym membership. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like paying for the gym. Or I'm like, like, such a tight ass. Or when you get, yeah, when you talk to someone who um, is like maybe a potential new client or whatever and they're like, oh, I don't want to pay for this fitness or health thing. And then you talk about what they do day to day and they buy lunch every single day. And it's like, that's probably like 80 to to $100 you're just spending on money like on food that probably isn't even that good for you and you could spend that towards something that's actually going to benefit you and your health. Like, mm. yeah, I think that like, I think your point about getting to know your values really fits in well with being more in the moment because yeah. if you're not being in the moment and you're just like kind of superficially floating through life, then you're not, you don't have a chance to mm. sit down and really think about your values. Yeah. And I think it's so important. I just honestly think like, oh, I don't really care about much. Like I don't really like, you know, I'm not passionate about anything, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think it was really because I didn't let myself be that way, Mm. you know, like there are lots of things I'm very passionate about and very interested in. Um, and like, I don't like, like I really moved away from that kind of superficial, like I, like I don't like idle talk, like how is the movie? Like, how is your, how's the weather? I don't know. Like I like, I do really enjoy going deep with people like, you know, and Mm. you know, finding out things and Mm. really, it really interests me, but yeah, I think that it is really important to just know yourself a lot better. And um, back to your point, I was going to say, like, everyone's looking for that quick fix. Everyone's yeah. looking for it to be easy and fast. Instant gratification. And, yeah, I just yeah. don't think that's what life's about. Like, life is hard and there are, you know, times where you're going to feel the pinch. and um, But there are also times where you're going to be really enjoying your life and you have to live in that moment, like, worrying about what's going to happen next and where you need to be next and, what is, you know, like, oh, if I don't get that promotion or if I don't get this or I don't get, like, everything will sort itself out. It will be fine, but you yeah. just have to, you know, kind of live day to day and, so, like, always have goals. I totally agree with that. But, yeah, being present in the moment is really important as well. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Awesome. Crew, well done. That nice. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. No worries. Um, where can everyone find you if they want to look you up and check out how cool you are? <laughs> how cool we are um, well you can find me on Instagram <laughs> pretty much it that's pretty much it that's, that's, where, that's where I live now you're only social <laughs> my one social um, is just a Nez by fitness or um, you can go to my website which is do I say my website yeah go for it I feel like I'm like self-promoting um, but my website's coaching.anezbyfitness.com and you can check out more about me and what I do on there as well cool. yeah um, you can find me on social media Instagram is helen.health.fitness. Um, I don't have a website yet, but it will be coming, so keep an eye out. Ooh. Nice. All right, cool, guys. Thanks so much, and we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for today, ladies. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more of our incredible value-packed content, you can find us through these three names, at Tone, at AllGPT, and at Kayla Lee Physio on Instagram. And guys, we would love it if you could please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or whichever podcast app you're using. And also leave a positive comment in the comment section. If you have any friends or family that would also love our podcast, we'd appreciate very much the recommendation. Until next time, girls, stay strong.